You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your host, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. Look at that scum. When I went through this academy, every cadet was the right weight, the right height, the right color, and they all had Johnson's Lassard, every single one of them. Johnson's? You know. Oh, yes. Back in the old days, there were Johnson's as far as the eye could see. And what a lovely sight it was. Have you seen these applications? Have you seen what our new lady mayor has brought us? Do you know that she is attempting to dismantle one of this country's great institutions of law and order? What do you say to that, Lassard? I say, listen to 80s Revisited, especially for the next three episodes as we go from part one all the way, possibly regrettably, to part six of mm. Police Academy. Sounds good. That's right, everybody. And of course, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. The other one in the vacant seat is not here today due to an unexpected nephew's birthday party. 66 episodes it took. Finally, we got rid of them. <laughs> My God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but of course, I wouldn't be here if not for our loyal and lovely producer, Jesse Sedgwick. Loyal? <laughs> your wife would say lovely. <laughs> yeah, sure. I would too. You're a very attractive guy. Not that Thank I'm, you. you know, I'm just, you know, Hi, you friends, too, Bland. friends can say that about friends. But that's right. Uh, fresh off of our Halloween horror, Hoot Nanny, Hoedown. Like, I use a lot of alliteration during those episodes. I'm going to try not to do it this time. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of death, blood, murder, gross things, <laughs> things that Daniel's wife would not watch. We turn now to a double trilogy, or sextilogy. I guess that. Yeah, that makes sense. A sextilogy of films. Uh, Hexatilogy. (laughs) That doesn't work. Although there are seven, but part seven did not come out until 94. Thus, it is invalidated. Yeah. And I've never seen it anyway. Good thing. (laughs) It really, (laughs) not to give away anything, (laughs) but it is. But uh, the very first Police Academy released March 23rd, 1984. IMDb 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes 44%. Critics 63% audience. Budget was an estimated $4.5 million. Opening, however, $8.5. Doubled its budget, its estimated budget, in its opening weekend. Domestically ended up at $81.1 million. Thus, of course, you'd expect at least a sequel. <laughs> well, you got six theatrical ones and one directed. They were that cheap to make, I guess. They must be. And it shows as <laughs> it progresses. But I digress. We'll get to that. Uh, let's go ahead and just attack this cast because it is a huge cast, and I'm not going to repeat it for each uh, one. I'll just add, kind of like we did for Star Wars, I'll go over the new additions to the cast. Right. Uh, director of the original was Hugh Wilson. He also did Guarding Test with Nicolas Cage and Blast of the Past with Brendan Fraser, both of which I have never seen nor cared to ever see. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Neil Israel, Pat Prophet, and also Hugh Wilson, uh, and starring 80s great, can't say that now, but... Uh, for modern times, but definitely in the 80s. Steve Gutenberg, of course, was Mahoney. Uh, also from Short Circuit, Three Men and a Baby. 
the lovely in the 80s, and some might say still today, Kim Cattrall was Thompson. Of course, more, uh, modern audiences would recognize her from Sex and the City, but she is an alumni of the very first episode of this podcast because she was also in Big Trouble in Little China. That awesome movie. That, that somebody everyone not here... <laughs> Did Everyone in the room it. agrees that this is a really good that's, movie. And that's the first time we've ever been able to say that on this podcast. So <laughs> There we go. I like, I like this. <laughs> this is working just, out for me. Just kidding, Daniel. <laughs> but also, in one of my mother's favorite 80s movies, she starred in Mannequin with, uh, I think, uh, Judge yeah. Reinhold? Or no, it was... Uh, the other dude that, that looks like Judge Reinhold. changed. Of course, the Mannequin changed as well. But the one person that stayed the same... Was that freaky guy? What was his name? <laughs> was, I can see his face. And why haven't you done this movie yet on 80s Revisited? I don't want to. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, there you go. A, a poor man's Judge Reinhold. Right. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember Andrew McCarthy from anything else. Oh, James Spader was in that, too. Oh, really? I mean, come on. You got to see it now. Oh, wait. I don't even... Oh, I forgot. GW... The guy who played Speaking... Hollywood. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Everybody remembers Meshach Taylor from that movie. <laughs> But and Why I didn't even put it on here. But G.W. Bailey, of course, Captain Harris, my uncle, Captain Harris, also uh, from Mannequin. Exactly, yeah, which I yeah, didn't realize point. until just now. But of course, from Mannequin, also Short Circuit. Him and Steve Gutenberg reunited for that, and The Closer with uh, Mrs. Kevin Bacon, Kira Sedgwick, mm. and Bubba Smith as the legendary High Tower. Of course, he reprised his role in uh, Police Academies two through six. And Daniel wasn't here to get this, but I'm sure he'll listen between now and next week. Uh, but also an episode of Family Matters. Mm. I'm sure he could probably tell me exactly which episode. Yeah. Well. And this this act there's a couple things that shocked me when I was researching stuff for this because again, I haven't seen the police academy since it probably was the eighties. Right. To be perfectly honest with you. So I was excited for this. Uh in in a in a true eighties revisiting for me for this. <laughs> like most of the movies we've done I've seen within the past year. Yeah. Despite doing it on the uh podcast. Uh but uh, Bubba Smith unfortunately passed away in two thousand eleven due to heart disease. So I was, I mean, it kind of shot me because I mean, he wasn't that old. Uh, however, he did pass away. And uh, strangely enough, George Gaines, who played Commandant Eric Lassard, who was old when these, this movie was made, all yeah. six of them, is still alive and kicking oh at 90 plus. Uh, he was also in Tootsie, and he was also in every single police academy, one all the way from one all the way through seven. Wow. And David Graff, the legendary, most people's favorite, I would say, probably my favorite character from the series, Tackleberry. Uh, was also in Police Academy 1 through 7. He did a lot of voice work, and he also is no longer with us, shockingly, but he passed away over 10 years ago in 2001 due to a heart attack. Bummer. Coincidentally, the same way that his dad died at the same age. Hmm. Spooky. So that really shocked me, because I had no clue that any of the people that... I, I would have... If somebody said, like, you know, there are a couple people in the cast that have passed away, I would... First of all, I would have guessed Lassard, just because he's old. Mm -hmm. But he's still kicking, but... Hightower and Tackleberry, no longer with us. And yeah. the lovely... What am I hearing? Oh, that's me. My bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're on it. Documenting. Oh, no, it was Police Academy no, playing, in, playing the background, in the background. Which, yeah, people on YouTube can see, which you can find oh, us on YouTube. By the way. YouTube.com slash AwesomePods. We have our episodes going up there, which we're filming live. So... I mean, we don't really announce when we're doing them, but maybe in the future. Yeah, we, we can, can do post that. it on the uh, Facebook or the Twitters. And what we were hearing is the guys getting their heads shaved. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> anyway, continue. Because there was nothing to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one was shaving their head around here. But uh, the lovely Leslie, and the, the many of the lust of a young boy in the 80s upon watching these movies. Uh, 
Leslie Easterbrook as the lovely Callahan, and she was in Police County 1, skipped Part 2, her character was not included, but returned triumphantly in Part 3, all the way through Part 7. And most recently, she's been sort of a uh, favorite of, I hate to say it, Rob Zombie, mm. as she appeared in, uh, she replaced, uh, I forget the original actress that played the character Mama Firefly in, I think, House of, I think, I think oh, what was her name? I think she died recently, actually. But then he replaced her in Devil's Rejects with Leslie Easterbrook, and also she had a small scene in the disaster piece of a Halloween remake that Rob Zombie did. In a, uh, she was a prison guard, coincidentally, Police mm. Academy plays a prison guard, <laughs> another cop typecast. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I I honestly never I didn't I didn't realize that was her in either of those. And I've seen Devil's Rejects. Uh, I saw it once, hated it, gave it a second chance, still didn't like it. Uh, but it was her in it, and yep. I mean. Now I see it like it's plain as day, but like going from Callahan and Police Academy to you know a serial killer mother, didn't see it. There you go. That's but, that's acting. <laughs> she deserves an Oscar. <laughs> two of them, two, two big shiny beautiful Oscars. But could, uh, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like wow, no one's all that coming. <laughs> and the, the legendary <laughs> Michael Winslow was Jones, of course, an alumni of this very podcast with Spaceballs, the bleeps, the creeps, and the sweeps, mm-hmm. and also Police Academy 1 through 7 and Police Academy, the series. Uh, Marion Ramsey was Hooks. Uh, she did Police Academy 1 through 6, and she ended up doing a lot of TV, didn't do much uh, film work afterwards. Uh, Bruce Mailer was Fackler. All he's of note he's ever done is Police Academy 1 through 6, and Deborah Lee Scott was Mrs. Fackler. Uh, she also returned in Police Academy 3, which we'll cover next week, but she was also in American Graffiti and had several a recurring role in the legendary sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter, hmm. which, of course, some of our viewers and listeners might know launched the career of John Travolta, hmm. for better or worse. Depends on who you are, I guess. But she also passed away in 2005. So a lot of, uh, you know, growing up with a movie, you know, it doesn't see th- these... The movies that I've grown up, and you might echo the sentiments, but uh, a lot of the movies that I've grown up with, it, it, they don't seem as old as they are. Right. I mean, there are some movies I love that are, you know, two years younger than me, mm-hmm. and I'm 33. You know, it's just like, God, it doesn't seem that old, uh, Where and they still look so good. Uh, in fact, we were just talking today, because for some reason, I think TNT or TBS has been playing the hell out of Jurassic Park. Because like, Jurassic World. About to oh, start that's true. Uh, but I mean, I'll be damned if that movie doesn't look like it was made yesterday. Oh, that's great. I mean, yeah. and it's it's like 15 years old, somewhere around there, maybe even a little more. I can't. The sad part exactly. is, Jurassic World might not look as good. Exactly. <laughs> You're damn right. Because they're going to try to trim off some money, you know, yeah. save money, send it to one of these cheap houses that make the graphics, you know. Well, they could always bail the life of people out yeah, of exactly. bankruptcy because uh, I think they said there was a fact like 80% of the tiger in that movie is CG. Right. Which I would have thought. The exact opposite, because there are a couple times where you can obviously tell, but wow, I'll be damned if they didn't do a good job. You know, I mean, the effects oh, the good ones and they won the Academy business, Award, though. you know, but now they're gone. They're expensive. That's why they're going under. Which is a shame, because they, they, I mean, their work spoke for itself. Uh, but anyway, this, this is usually the part of the show where I ask Daniel what he thinks, and if I had to guess, I'd say that he kind of liked it. Uh, he'd probably give it a seven. I liked it. Actually, first it'd be a, you know what, I didn't, I didn't like it. I, yeah. don't, I didn't get this. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I didn't yeah. get this. <laughs> well, Daniel, of course you listen to this, and we'll so talk. We'll, we'll get impression. his actual feelings next week uh, when he's back uh, for Police Academy three and four. Uh, but uh, the original 
aim of this podcast, of course, was to revisit these movies and get Daniel's opinion, someone who's never seen them before, related to my opinion, somebody who's seen them before. But I think something we kind of we've kind of lost in certain episodes, or, or we forget to bring up at least, is how well a film holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy to say the first Police Academy holds up <laughs> really, really well. I enjoyed watching it again. Uh, of course, this was the fr- this was the only one in the series rated R, which means uh, well, I didn't watch it when it came out. Uh, however, we, as I mentioned before, I think on the Predator episode, we had Encore, and Encore played Predator uh, like repeatedly at night, and mm-hmm. played Police Academy repeatedly during the day, and that's when I saw Part One. So for the longest time, Part Two was my favorite as a kid. Actually, I loved them all right. as a kid. Like, like I did not I, every there was not a bad one to me. I loved them all. This was kind of a kid's movie because everybody acted like cartoonish. Yeah, it was. It was sorts. very unreality, right? Or you know, certain laws of physics and. You know, it was almost like Matrixy, or you said it best. I'll stop talking about it. Uh, but well, yeah, the, the guy uh, who plays the guy in charge of the academy, Lassard, Eric Lassard. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, all of his reactions are always over the top, <laughs> and they're always trying to pick at him. So I mean, yeah. that plays just like a cartoon. Yes, yeah, and it's very silly. And pick I think, on the teacher, yeah, type of deal, pretty much. And it works great for the first one. The, I'm happy to say the very the original classic to me is still a classic, still a great movie. I got just as much enjoyment as watching it. For the first time in probably about 20 years as the first time I watched it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens to the other ones when we get there. <laughs> uh, but we'll get Daniel's take on his opinion of it when he returns to his stool yep. next week. But uh, so empty. Yeah, this is a little, <laughs> a little quiet. <laughs> I was just looking around oh, for okay. dramatic effect oh, okay. for the, the viewers at home. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some interesting tidbits about uh, the first one. Uh, Bruce Willis actually auditioned for the role of Mahoney. Uh, that would have aged this movie. Very much so. <laughs> Really bad. bad and, man. Young and, Bruce Willis, this movie has to be old. <laughs> you judge it by his hairline. Right, exactly. And then, you, know, you can tell his hair, what, movie, what year his movies come out exactly by his hairline. It's like a tree. Yeah. That's Nicholas Cage is the same way, pretty much. A reverse yeah. tree, I guess. <laughs> But uh, and according to an interview in Entertainment Weekly, also Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton, and Judge Reinhold speak speak of the devil. Maybe that's why I was subliminally in my mind uh, were considered for the role. But alas, they stuck with Steve Gutenberg. And honestly, whenever I think of Steve Gutenberg, I don't think of Short Circuit or Three Men and a Baby. I think of him putting shoe polish around a bullhorn. Right. <laughs> that's a, and, and incredibly terrible fashion in this movie. Yeah, that's, and it's so funny because when I'm watching this, like the men and the ladies, when they and they and their civilian clothes, just like this is so, a this is like this is not, <laughs> this is such a time capsule of the look of that decade, uh, and especially when they go in the Blue Oyster, uh, which of course becomes a recurring joke. I think they were trying to like capture what Animal House did or something uh, like that in a, in, a, in a big way. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, because it seems this is like what within sixty years of it, it mm-hmm. felt like a lot of films were trying to capture that same. Yeah, here's take a the bunch same... of misfits, put them in somewhere they're not supposed to be. Yeah, college or college, police academy. Police academy, <laughs> the beach, the beach. Uh, what other eighties? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much bachelor party. <laughs> yeah, same yeah, situation, and yeah. definitely I would say uh, Animal House is a progenitor to a lot of these. You know, they make kind of like how Halloween's the progenitor to slasher films. Mm-hmm. Then it's just, oh, it's out of camp, and he's got a hockey mask. Oh, he's this, and he's got this. Similar thing. And, you know, uh, 
I've mentioned it before on the podcast, and I've never looked it up, but there's that saying there's only 21 film plots or 21 oh, wow. plots in literature or something. Everything else is just a, a deviation of that. And, huh. as, and for those watching at home, we're probably, as you can see the screen, we're pretty much at probably the funniest part of the movie, uh, the podium scene. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil oh, it for yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, but that is a funny just, scene. And it's just been, as funny. <laughs> it's definitely been redone in yeah, other in other, in other situations, yeah. Definitely so. Uh, a little tidbit here. While filming the obstacle course scene, uh, if you watch the film, the first guy that goes over the wall, he actually propelled himself so high that he broke one of his legs when landing. Wow. So... Dedication. Mm. <laughs> he didn't get him. I mean, you know, he got his, still got his name in the credits, but it wasn't like you know special thanks for you know injuring yourself. But it's not worth it. Yeah, this I've is had a broken leg scene. before, and unless you get some a speaking role in the film in addition to breaking your leg, it probably isn't worth it to be cooped up for four or five months. Uh, and the scene where Jones is knocked out, uh, well, he's knocked out of the door, and he tumbles down the stairs, and he sits up, and he mimics some noises. It's Q- the game, the video game he's mimicking. The noises are Cubert, which any hmm. child of the '80s or played yeah. arcade or an Atari, you know who Cubert is. Or yeah. if you've seen Wreck-It Ralph, uh, yeah. it was good seeing yeah. that he was there. Yeah. You know, he wasn't. He isn't forgotten just yet. He's actually a, a mentioned character. He wasn't just yeah, wasn't in the just like one somewhere. of those background things, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Uh, this was you can easily see this once you once you hear it uh, or hear me say it, I guess, or read it like I did off IMDb. Uh, but Marion Ramsey got, came up with her voice, her meek voice, because she had met Michael Jackson. So her her meek voice is based upon Michael Jackson, <laughs> which you can oh, totally, yeah. yeah, I see that. You know, it's pretty funny. Wow. Uh, and this was interesting uh, when Fackler's backing out the car and his wife is on his, the hood. A hubcap flies off, and that was not planned. Uh, similar situation, in RoboCop. I don't know if we mentioned on that podcast, but when Clarence Boddicker's driving in the end, right before he crashes, a hubcap flies off and goes right by the... I think we did mention it because I said yeah, like, it probably could have killed familiar. somebody in the crew. Uh, but interesting note, because I'm, I'm probably going to forget to mention it on three, but in part three, when Mrs. Fackler's in the cop car and Fackler's on the hood, the, they actually make the hubcap fall off to repeat the gag uh, from this one. <laughs> so cool little it's Much more difficult reference. this time around. Yeah, uh, Since it you know, wasn't serendipity. Uh, and the, like I mentioned before, this is the only R-rated police academy, deservedly so. Uh, and it's only it's also the only police academy to feature Commandant Eric Lassard's wife. And he doesn't even yeah, he looks back, but that's about it. But then, <laughs> but then the big reveal. Yeah, which are YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Based on how he was dressed earlier, that doesn't right. surprise me. Yeah, so our YouTube audience can see what we're laughing about there. And any fan of the movie, I'm sure. Well, no, yeah, the reveal after uh, the podium scene. And to this day, the term Tackleberry has become a standard in the private security industry to denote an officer who is inordinately uh, infatuated with firearms. Deservedly so. Mm. So that's, there's really not much, you know, I've tried to find like some other like just tidbits of stuff to kind of spice it up a little bit, but this is one of those films where I was kind of shocked that it wasn't a lot like to say that went on in the making of it. Right. And um, yeah, I hate so to say much. it, uh, it gets even less in the follow-ups, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which That's is one nice. reason uh, also we're doing two, uh, two police academies each episode. Uh, so roughly for part one, uh, it'll get released March 23rd, 1984, uh, on the same day. And of course, Daniel usually does a sports rewind, so this is sort of a mixture of uh, real world and a sports rewind. But Chris Bosch, of course, one of the champion uh, Miami Heat players was born on the same day that this movie 
or, excuse me, the day after Police Academy came out. So who knows? Mrs. Bosch, Mr. Bosch could have gone to see Police Academy, and she could have been laughing so hard they left the theater, went to contractions, and <laughs> out pops a you know perhaps world champ, two-time champion basketball player. I want to show you something which our YouTube audience can also benefit from. Special. But about six minutes into the movie, the driver of the truck that's outside the Kodak film thing, he looks very familiar. Does that look like um, the guy from Winter's Bone? It does. Or it looks like the guy from Happy Gilmore, the giant, but he's not big enough. But uh, John Hawks is who I'm mm-hmm. thinking of. Yeah, it does look like him. But then I tried to do some research on it to find out if that was him because he never speaks. It's an yeah, extra, it's just... extra role. Um, that's all you see of him. You don't even see him like when like, they throw it, it later off. Later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah he... He's simply the driver of the truck. It does look like, like I don't know if it's just because you said it, but he, right. But when it, we turn to that profile, because there's that there's that really good scene in Winter's Bone where the cop pulls him over and he's in the car and he's like talking. Right. And plus, you know, that you know that's twenty thirty years later. Yeah, you know, he's I mean, aged a lot. So a young version of John Hawks, probably not. But his first uh, appearance was first titled appearance was in nineteen eighty five. So he could have been doing extra been. roles before that. I think we just <laughs> busted him. Maybe. If he listens, <laughs> but <laughs> he doesn't. Know. But yeah, if you know him, message him. I want to know if Help that was us him. find out. Yeah, inquiring minds want to know because it's not on IMDb. But a lot, a lot of people have done that, like uh, uncredited. You know, for either a lot of older films wouldn't list everybody who was you know all the extras. Whereas yeah. today it's like usually unless it's significant, like, like a football stadium or you know something. But if, yeah, or people always mention, hey, did you know Brad Pitt was in this? So that gets added on the. Oh, that's his leg. IMDb, yeah, yeah that's or his something leg. like that. You know, back in the day, whatever. I mean, you, I'm sure you've been an extra in a movie. Cause, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I have Plenty too much. Like you know, we don't get our names. Why do I get my name in the credits? I don't think I got my name in the credits. No. Not that I care, but <laughs> there's a screen cap of me. I was a CSI officer, actually. That's better than me. I was a water dealer or something. Water dealer. It was a movie called I The Last. Water. It was a movie called The Last Time with Michael Keaton and Brendan Fraser, and they oh. were like, at a, they were a water company. So it was like they're at a convention, and I was just oh. one of the people at the convention. So oh, I wow. assume I'm a water dealer for hmm. Kentwood or some other reputable brand, maybe. I had to dig for a body. <laughs> like literally? or just Yeah, I was in a swamp with the, the water high things. It was with <laughs> Famke Jansen, a.k.a. Phoenix. It was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I had to hand a dead... Oh, it was supposed to be a dead dog, but it was actually a plastic skeleton wrapped with a goat fur. From a butcher? I was like, Why really? not just get the dead animal from the butcher? Right. It or, would, all we could get was the skin of it and wrapped around a uh, plastic skeleton. Or, I mean, it's Louisiana. I know. Just <laughs> drive down either interstate for a few miles, you'll find a dead dog. I mean... Right. Yeah. Just put some air fresheners in it. <laughs> just for that scene. I mean, that's how we do it. Although what, what they told me was, uh, like, to get a fake dead animal costs, like, $3,000 a day. It's like, really? A dead... <laughs> a fake dead animal. I mean, a fake dead animal doesn't spoil, I would believe. Right, I know. You know? Yeah, it's to rent one, you know? So wow, they went we're with, in the wrong business. I know. We just need to, you know, just make drive some. down the road, throw some roadkill <laughs> in the back, learn or some even easy just tax make some fake ones, yeah. I mean, just fill it up with sand or something. Just yeah. <laughs> Seems like it'd be easy. Copyright. <laughs> 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 right now, somebody watching is like, oh shit, oh, shit. immediately copywriting. I've been busted. Coming up with a patent, <laughs> poor man's patent. But yeah, it, it stunk. But yeah, I mean, I had all the gloves and everything. I had to wear the FBI jacket. 
Oh, pretty cool. I mean, like, was it to where like you're visible and like yeah, you can see your face good, and stuff? Like one of those ones, like I turned away from the mic to show that I'm not facing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of those things where like they they say, don't look YouTube. at the camera. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't that significant. I was in another movie with uh, Justin Timberlake and um, the dude. Oh yeah, I remember you. Yeah, uh, that was that was a good experience only because of Bridges. Timberlake was a little d bag runner. <laughs> <laughs> But that one was more of a big production big type production, thing. Yeah, whereas the CSI thing was like three or four of us. Was it like a television thing or like a movie? That was a movie. Okay. It was a baseball movie. I forget and what it's called. Finding dead animals in a No, 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 no. The other, the, oh, there's two different movies. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, the one with with uh, Famke Jansen. That was a uh, like a million. Oh, I think yeah, I think like some other people we knew were in that too, or something yeah, like as yeah. extras. And then uh, the other baseball movie was. I don't really remember that one because I wasn't too pleased with that one. Well, I was only I only did two movies. I did the last time, like I told you, which uh, I like Michael Keaton. I like Brendan Fraser, not just because <laughs> I was in a, you know right. in a movie with him, but I, I as a child of the, you know that watched '90s movies, I loved Encino Man. Really, kind of liked it uh, back in the day. Now I don't necessarily admit that because nobody likes anything with Polly Shore in it. But yeah. uh, I always thought I always liked Brendan Fraser, and uh, by comparison, like uh, Army Hammer. From mm-hmm. uh, Lone Ranger and Mirror Mirror and uh, Social Network, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, he's the sort of the new, and I say that a little apprehensively because I really, really like Army Hammer. He's a good actor. He's done some really good serious stuff, which Brendan Fraser has too. Mm-hmm. But once Brendan Fraser did uh, George of the Jungle, mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, what other 60s cartoon can we make him? Oh, let's make him Dudley Do-Right. Oh, yeah. guess what? Now, now Brendan Fraser's like the funny man in... Uh, yeah, because he has a goofy smile whenever yeah. he's George in the jungle. And there was a there was a brief time when they were talking when Tim Burton was doing his Superman movie. It was the rumor was Brendan Fraser was going to be in the run for Superman. Yeah. Which back in the day, I think that was a great choice. Yeah, At least that was two thousand ish. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and again, I think Brendan Fraser is a great actor. But again, he's he's been pigeonholed as we need a funny, we need a funny guy to play opposite of you know Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, you know. So uh, instead of being Superman, he was a monkey bone with Chris Kattan. Which I've seen that, right? and I actually own it on DVD, not Blu-ray. Yeah, it is Chris Kattan. <laughs> but it's, that movie is so crazy, it's, I love it. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a bad, it's one of those... I've seen it once. It's one of those bad movies. I'm not defending it, but <laughs> like, I, I, for some reason, I just love it. It's crazy and stupid. It's unconventional. Monkey bone. Yeah, but... What's uh, it about? Uh, well, I think really he's, the, he's the animator. Uh, he's the creator of Monkey Bone. He gets sucked into the world, sort of like uh, cool, world. cool World or uh, the Roger Take Rabbit. On Me video. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Take similar, On Me video. <laughs> similar, uh, similar plot device. And it's got Rose McGowan in it before she got all like thin and weird as like a cat woman. Hmm. Not the cat woman, but she's a cat and she's literally a crossbreed cat woman. Right. But oh. uh, it's entertaining. It's got a Beetlejuice vibe to it, which is probably why I like it, to be honest with you. Like the cartoon world is all like organized in a way sort of like Monsters Inc. Take uh, your word for it. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't go hunt it down or anything. Right, I don't think I'm gonna be able to find it. Yeah. Probably not. It's not it was That's like it was one of those failure, you know, like complete bomb movies. And it's Oh know, Chris Catan. I mean that's poison. Kind of kiss of death. Yeah. Poison, yeah. <laughs> Although I heard like Corky a lot of people for some reason love Corky Romano. I do guys like some cookies. I hate <laughs> I don't like Chris Catan either. Like almost as much as I just like David Spade. Which wow. we'll talk about that on Police Academy Four oh, next week. His first role. Spoiler teaser alert. Oh, it's a I teaser. Didn't know that. Uh, but of course, uh, 
me and Daniel, when he's here, usually give our scores for the film. Uh, he's not here, but we'll get his score next week for the first one. But uh, the first police coming, 7.5 for me. Hmm. Uh, of course, as a kid, again, this is one of those movies where I can ease, I can say, like, I loved it as a kid, but now I can honestly, it doesn't hold up as much. It's still funny. It's still great. But, I mean, when I was a kid, every single one of them was comic gold to me. Right. You know, every... These people are geniuses. This is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Police Academy 3. This is so amazing. Nothing can be better than this. <laughs> oh, wait. There's a four? <laughs> there's a four. Wow. Keep the string going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Keep going with these. But, yeah, uh, Police Academy, uh, revisiting it, not as good as I remember, but it's still funny. So, definitely worth... Uh, and again, like I mentioned last week, the main reason I wanted to do these because I haven't seen them in forever, mm-hmm. and I, for some, and I just wanted to watch them again. So, what better way than to tie in that to this humble little podcast we do? Hmm. But that'll about do it for Police Academy One. And before we get to Police Academy Two, I would like to remind everybody that if you haven't seen Police Academy in a while, you can go to awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link from there, go straight to amazon.com. You could probably get the entire freaking collection on DVD or Blu. Well, maybe not Blu-ray yet, but uh, I'm sure you can get it. You know, the set if you want to see all of them, which I would recommend not. <laughs> not to spoil the future episodes, but I'm just saying there's. It's not consistent quality across the board, but uh, the first one definitely. Uh, I don't know if you can stream it or not off Amazon Instant or anything like that, but the first one's definitely. If you haven't seen it in a while, it, it is. It is worth revisiting. Uh, we're going to find that out right now. Oh wait, box See set. If they have a box set. Oh, they have it. a four film favorite. That's the one you would get. I would recommend getting <laughs> the four film favorite. Oh wait a second, it's only nine ninety eight. Uh, but you can get the entire seven film box set for eighteen sixty. Oh wait, hold on, I got a better idea. If you really want to see every one of them, you can get the four film favorite with one through four, and then you get the other four film favorite with five, six, and seven. Yeah, I'm guessing it comes with. Seven yeah, it must be seven. One. But also, yeah, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon Part One. Which is better than any other police academies <laughs> in that set. So that's yeah. kind of the reason to buy that set. But yeah, so you could pretty much, if you wanted to see them all again, holy sh! Oh, wait, police academy, the pl- complete collection, one hundred nine bucks. Stay away. Stay and away. Only true fans only, everybody. Yeah, true fans or if only. You really want to help the show. But just so you know, there's only eight left in stock from Steeler Freak. Just, just letting you know in case you're like, holy shit, I didn't know that existed, and you want to get it. More power to you. But wow. <laughs> yeah, just uh, be sure if you do shop off Amazon, click that little link from our website. It helps us show out to help us get better equipment, a nice new webcam where you can see our, our smiley faces, like so, mm-hmm. and other things and such. But anyway, I digress. Moving on from part two, uh, part one to the sequel, mm-hmm. Police Academy 2, their first assignment released, I believe, ex- almost one year to the day. Yeah, March 29th, 1985. Uh, so 300 and... Uh, 59 days after the original, the sequel comes out. Obviously, again, the first one made $81.1 million domestically. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that, uh, that it was just the domestic number. So it, worldwide, it probably made even, let's say, at least 100 I would imagine. Uh, so naturally, immediate, grant, immediately granted a sequel. And, uh, you know, pump it out within less than a year, especially these days. Well, Peter Jackson could do it, but uh, <laughs> that's not exactly a commonplace thing. You know, usually there's a year or two. Whoops. Right. <laughs> a year or two between. Uh, now, this one didn't fare so well uh, rating-wise. 5.3 IMDb, 23% Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 52% audience, which uh, by comparison, IMDb for part one was uh, 6.5. Uh, critics was 44, so about less than half 
uh, as positive critical reviews, if you if that matters to you. Uh, audience is roughly a little bit less, down from 63 to 52. Uh, different director for this one, uh, Jerry Paris. He did happy did some episodes of Happy Days. He would also return for Police Academy 3, written by Barry Blostein and David Sheffield. Uh, the new additions to the cast this time are the lovely Colleen Camp as Kirkland. Uh, spoiler alert, the future Mrs. Tackleberry. Uh, she was also in Wayne's World, which I didn't realize. So I had to look up who she was. She was actually the wife of Noah and uh, the arcade owner, Mrs. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I forget his last name, but I remember you know Noah's arcade. Right, right, right. She was the wife. Uh, where the dude's like <laughs> that was the police I mean, that was Wayne's World too, right? That was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's she was right. the Wayne stock. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Still waiting for part three. Yeah, just I just want a trilogy. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Get on that. Instead of making uh that that uh where he plays the Indian, what's it called? Oh, Love Guru. Yeah. Instead of doing that, you don't don't revisit. You know the franchise that kind of made you. Well, I can't say that because Austin Powers kind of. Yeah, he's gonna really, do that. He's gonna do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, we're talking about an '80s trilogy, right? Right. A double trilogy, a hex trilogy. Yeah. Whatever yeah. I called it earlier. Uh, but she was also in Die Hard with a Vengeance and the Reese Witherspoon, Matthew Broderick, 90s film election, which mm. I've heard was pretty good. Personally, never seen it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Howard Hessman uh, was Captain Peter Lassard, Captain Eric Lassard's brother. Uh, he was also in Head of the Class, television show, which I really liked as a kid, and also the Disney classic Flight of the Navigator, which Daniel hasn't seen and we will cover soon. Uh, Art Metrano was the, the new Captain Harris, so to speak. He was Lieutenant Mauser. He returns in Police Academy 3, but he was also in How Stella Got Her Groove Back. And he was actually, uh, shortly after uh, Police Academy 3, about a year after Police Academy 3, he actually had an accident at home and fell off a ladder and broke his back. Uh, so now he can he can walk very little, but he's pretty much confined to a wheelchair these days. Uh, Man, these movies are cursed. In a sense, you'd think. To <laughs> uh, me, death and injury. And now, as a kid, I have to say, I loved Bobcat Goldway's character. But uh, upon watching all six Police Academy <laughs> movies in the span of as many days, I can say that I hate his fucking guts. Uh, but this was his first director, appearance. <laughs> what did he direct? Uh, no, I'm gonna. Have I did to look see it up. 09 to be that he directed some stuff. I don't even bother looking at it because I didn't think of anything. Actually, no. I think back. I saw like some cartoons or something episodes, and he did some uh, other stuff. Uh, World's Greatest Dad was a decent movie. Oh, he, um, did he, he didn't star in it, did he? Was it just, no, he just directed it. Oh, it, that's, in, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, wow. There's some Chappelle show, too. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, I can't remember the thing I'm thinking of. I heard Sleeping Dogs Lie is pretty good. I haven't seen it myself. I've heard, the, I've heard that title. I haven't seen it myself. Wait, but, click, click Willow Creek? That sounds familiar. Willow Creek, 2013. Oh, wait, no, it's not even a poster. Yeah, it's, Never mind. it's not even out yet. Not thinking of the I right guess. thing. But, uh... Who's yeah, all- World's Greatest Dad is what I saw. And is it a comedy or? I mean, no, it's one of those uh, messed up, like sort of dark comedy things. Kind of along with Star Wars, Robin Cats, Williams. Know? Oh, really? Um, let's see how much they give away. Yeah, when his son's body is found in a humiliating accident, lonely high school teacher inadvertently attracts overwhelming amount of community and media attention after covering up the truth of a phony suicide note. So, you, Robin Williams' character uses his son's death, and. Uh, they don't mention this here, but they pretty much show that they hated each other. And then, oh. you know, he finds his son dead one day and he kind of uses it to, you know, boost his image, sort of. His own image or his son's image or? Both. It, it's funny how it plays Interesting. out. Now, it says humiliating accident. 
Are we talking like autoerotic asphyxiation or exactly. something? Exactly. Exactly what it is. Now, let's see. This was 2009. So, was this after David Carradine died? I think it's... Uh, no, I think... Was it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but like, I'm bad with dates. Like, it seems to me like I heard that news yesterday. You know? Everybody at school hated this kid. And then as soon as he died, everybody's like, oh, oh he was so my best friend. Exactly. That's that's interesting to me because that's the exact dynamic how it is. I mean, that's so real. That's right. Such, exactly. That's so true. Uh, you know, uh, even on the you know, you have your macro level of people that you know. Like there was a kid, and I mean, every everybody's been to high school has one or two people that die before you get to high school. You know, usually like you know, somebody in your class is not going to make it. Yeah. To the end. Yeah. yeah. It's just law of averages speaking, <laughs> and it usually happens. You know, and it's yeah. like I remember my math class. The the kid that sat next to me, his name was Aaron Thomas, was his name. And, like, you know, we weren't friends. I mean, I'd say we were we were classroom friends. Like, you know, oh, he saw me reading a game magazine, so he'd read it. But, you know, yeah, like that. Didn't hang out, out of, outside of class or anything. But then, uh, you know, uh, supposedly he shot himself. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, like, you know, the rumors were, oh, he wasn't. He didn't shoot himself. He was just playing with a gun and it went off. You know, okay. Yeah. You know, like, who's telling, like, who was there? You know, <laughs> but then, like, you know, but he was one of those people that uh, even the teacher, like, you know, like, well, I, not without getting too far away from the that's a okay. story of the podcast uh you know kind of like the teacher was like you know you're kind of i didn't say it but like you know he wasn't a loved person in school exactly so what this kid is and world's greatest dad like i said earlier that they hate each other it's really just they had that relationship that seemed like they hate each other but mm-hmm. you know he loved his son yeah but um everybody at school hated this kid i mean what parent the loves their teenager happened. right yeah i don't exactly. have kids yet but i can just see myself like shut the fuck up but man they do a great job at like making this kid an asshole in this movie wow. and it's played by the kid from uh God, what are those robert rodriguez movies about kids spy kids spy kids yeah the main kid and spy kids really that's funny because the main spy chick is in are... like machete now yeah that that kid uh daryl sabara and all these spy kids well he, he's he's uh john carter tv now yeah he's doing some stuff still he's getting work yeah, he's working enough. Oh, and Weeds. That's where I saw him a lot, too. Interesting. But, yeah. I will definitely be checking out that movie. Yeah, it's worth worth a look. But to finish out my story... Uh, it's on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> you know how to handle to that. com. Click on the Amazon link. But uh, the day after he died... And this again, this is before social media, so it's like you, you find out when you get to school. Like, yeah. you hear, you know, and you're already hearing it from the 50th person that heard the story. But to close it out... Uh, the, the I think it was like fifth hour, you know, fifth period, whatever yeah. people call it these days. That it was algebra two was the class I had him in, and then like already on his desk, some like somebody carved a heart with his name on it. Oh wow! And to this day, I think it was the teacher. Huh? Just to be like maybe she really, you know, what I'm saying like there's a story there. Yeah. You know whatever, but uh, maybe to end him. that, just to just to <laughs> for all the listeners and viewers to. Yeah, finish the story. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, world's greatest. I will definitely like, like that's interesting. That's a. A good concept for a movie, especially one with Robin Williams. Yeah. And it intrigues me that it's written and directed about by And I can see most of Robin can you do it a little slower now. When he's not trying to set Bob his chair God. on fire. And he doesn't speak like that. That's all an act. Yeah. You know, that, and like honestly, like, like as a kid, like I didn't I thought he was retarded. <laughs> you know, not to not to, you know, I mean he That's seems retarded. Yeah. Right, right. He uh, was acting like it. But that uh, I, you know, I guess it's in the same way. You, I mean, it's probably sh- I hate to bring Polly Shore up again, but it's Polly Shore. We're like, hey, buddy, oh! I think he might be more really so. Like, that might be more real than Bob Gett. Yeah, <laughs> not like an act, right? But uh, 
Bobcat, in addition to directing this film, which I'm extremely interested in seeing, was also in Scrooged, which will be on this year's Christmas coverage. Uh, he returns also for uh, Police, uh, Police Academy uh, 3 and 4 and did lots of TV and voices. And also the 80s film Hot to Trot, which I've never seen, but I always wanted to because as a kid on the cover, he's in a suit with a horse on a desk. And I've never seen it, but as a kid, the cover intrigued me. Hmm. But that is a loud plane. <laughs> it's not crashing, is it? <laughs> Maybe I we should not. run. Uh, just loud playing. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, oh, this is the first appearance of Lance Kinsey, who plays Proctor. Of course, he returned to Police Academy 3 through 6 and also had a role in Loaded Weapon. Uh, he was one of those Second City personalities. And, great. Uh, I thought he was great in the Police Academy series as a, the bumbling sidekick. Like, really good. I really like him in his character. It's really funny. Uh, and Tim Kazarinski. Hopefully I pronounce it right. Is Sweet Chuck, and he returns in Police Academy three and four, and he did some miscellaneous TV. But he's the nerd, like uh, or not nerd, but I mean the glasses and tiny guy that uh, Bobcat ends up, you know, extorting in the film, yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, of course, this is the part where Daniel would ask him what he thinks, and I would imagine he didn't like this one. <laughs> uh, it's, but we will find out for real. You know, hopefully, he doesn't weeks. listen to this, so it doesn't skew his thoughts. I'll text him and tell him not to listen to it until after he gives his views. There you go. Just to see. Just so we can get a truthful and honest, uh, not, uh, not a, uh, what's that? Is it chaos theory? You know, once you've observed something. If you observe something, you change its behavior. Hmm. I think it's that. If some physicist or psycho- psychoanalyst can correct me on that. Uh, but uh, that way he has no idea what we said. Yeah. And get his honest opinion. Uh, and I would have to agree with him. Uh, as a mm. kid, this one was my favorite. Uh, honestly, it could have honestly been because of Bobcat. Just because, again, like as a kid, I loved his. Like, he, he was like, I didn't go around imitate. He, I didn't emulate him. But in the Police Academy series, as especially at that a you know a young age, uh, five, six, seven years old, like his humor, or his character in this movie is, you know, it it, it's, it's childlike. I mean, and it's it's ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah, uh, cartoony, very much so. And uh, yeah, I mean, it does. This one definitely and. It, it, they kind of. It's almost like a a, uh, a Richter scale, I guess. You know, like as far as the quality for me, as far as they go uh, after the first one, uh, it's definitely worth watching. This is probably the most watchable of the sequels by far, because mm-hmm. uh, then it just <laughs> these people have graduated the academy. How do we get them back to the academy? You know, that right, you're right. Keeping yeah. the uh, you're trying to keep it's the same glee. cast, <laughs> yeah. Which most of the cast you keep for six films, yeah. You know, it, it, by the time you get to part six, they're not in the academy. It's just these characters dealing with. Or I think there might be an, they're an instructor, but then they go off. You know, it's not dealing. It's not. It's like it's like you make Ernest goes to camp too, but you call it saves Christmas. Yeah. Not that not that that film does that, but you know, it's like you're calling it something. He's not at camp. He's saving Christmas. <laughs> he just you know he might still work at the camp during the summer, but that's his job. He's not gonna quit his job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, he needs yeah, that job. Two still enjoyable. Uh, just again, truly revisiting it from the pedestal I had it on, or, or what I remembered. I was just like, "This is not. Nope. <laughs> this is not nothing like. I mean, I could I could see how I enjoyed it as a kid. A younger audience would like it, right? But as an, a modern adult, like, it doesn't achieve that same level of like a Naked Gun or a uh, airplane for that matter, or um. You know other com- other comedies of the era, Ghostbusters, etc. Hmm. Uh, still worth watching. Definitely, uh, if you haven't seen them in a long time, like I haven't, uh, I'd recommend one and two. But before, like, just watch those two, and then you you probably oh, would have quits. your fill. 
You probably have your feet. What if you're enjoying it so much you just want to keep going? Then by all means, keep <laughs> going and tune in next week to hear what we think about the next two. Yeah, in two weeks. Or, yeah, two no, next week. Yeah, next week, sorry. Uh, I got off on my weeks. No problem. But yeah, so, but we'll get with Dan, you know, a, a complete virgin viewing. At least I think. I don't think he's seen any of them. Yeah. Although, uh, strangely enough, I've, I've not seen a police kind of movie in probably at least maybe 15, 20 years, somewhere in that ballpark. And sure enough, this weekend, part two was on Comedy Central. Hmm. Strangely enough, <laughs> some Comedy Central exec is watching. There you go. Or listening to the last one yeah. that said, you know, we're doing it. Exactly. Which was pretty, you know, like, this is so... One, it's one of those things, I don't know if other people have this... Uh, what, I, I'm not going to call it a psychosis, but like, right, you know, there, there are some times where I just feel like I'm on the Truman Show, except it's the Trey Show. Right. You know, because you say something and then all of a sudden, like, and passing to somebody, and then like, wait, I was just talking about this movie, and it's on TV. Or, I was just thinking how they should make like a sequel to this, and now it's announced. Which, I know, <laughs> wink, wink, I'm not on a TV show. Although, oh, technically, right now, I am good, on YouTube. It. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. Keep it going, keep it going. We're good, we're good. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those odd, strange happenstances that you sometimes come across in life. So it was interesting. But uh, again, like we like to do with the podcast, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some interesting tidbits of trivia about part two. Uh, this was the only Police Academy movie to feature Commandant's Lassard brother, Pete, which was Howard Hessman. Uh, they actually warned him in return for future sequels, but he, uh, I think I have his quote. Uh, no, I don't have his quote. Excuse me. His quote was, he regretted doing Police Academy 2 in the first place. So that's why he didn't come back. Hmm. So... Fuck you. Yeah, really. <laughs> although, I mean, although, let me rephrase that. That's what my younger self would say. My older self would say, you probably did a good thing. It's good to do one and get out. Yeah, uh, at the same time, I mean, he, he collected the check. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? Like Michael King in Jaws of Revenge. Like, it doesn't matter if the movie... Like, he said, you know, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's... I heard it sucks, but it bought me a house. Yeah, there you go. I gotta respect that. <laughs> you know? I mean, you don't... You don't I mean, who, you don't do a movie like this thinking like, oh, yes... Shakespeare would be proud. <laughs> or, you know, this is my Lawrence Olivier would, would crave for this role. A role to die for. <laughs> Cop number two in Police Academy 7. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh. this was interesting. Uh, but Tim Kaczynski, who played Sweet Chuck, was only scheduled to appear in the opening scene. But the director, Jim uh, Jerry Paris, enjoyed his chemistry with Bobcat Goldwaite so much that they expanded his role, which is also a reason he returns in part three. Hmm. Uh, and I th- I think was he in the other ones i think he was in four too yeah he was in four uh but he pretty much his character was kept alive because simply of how well him and bobcat played off their characters interacted in the film uh which yeah it's all right i guess i don't know if i, if I was writing checks i'd say all right you can stick around for two more sequels but uh it worked out i guess and this is the it should is it is of note that this is the only police academy movie that doesn't have two of the best things of the series which are uh excuse me is lieutenant callahan and you know what I'm talking about. Mm. And I've said, so I don't offend any female listeners slash viewers. Mm. Uh, but in the scene where Hooks punches Proctor in the jaw near the end, she actually punched him. Hmm. So he took a shot. The curse of Police Academy. People get <laughs> Luckily, hurt. he didn't die. Oh, he didn't die from it. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, his jaw didn't fall off. Or <laughs> he'd get knocked out and <laughs> break his neck or something. Right. Uh and I never knew this, not that I cared to know it, but just a tidbit of Police Academy trivia for all the fans out there. Uh, Proctor's first name is never revealed in the series at all, like through any, you know, uh, being called out by name or anything like that. However, uh, let me see. 
for Lance Kinsey's online resume, where he lists the character name, mm. he listed it as Carl Proctor. So oh, if wow. you're ever on Millionaire Jeopardy or at a bar where they're asking you, you know, <laughs> 80s movie trivia, Proctor's first name is Carl. Name of Carl. Knowing that is a good way to get kicked out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take too kindly to your kind. <laughs> that was a test. Get out. And this was interesting, but uh, Bill Paxson was offered a role, but he turned it down because the contract required him to also work in future installments of the franchise, which thank God he didn't do. Because he would be stuck for five films. Mm. Or four yeah. more films after two, I should say. Because he ended up doing Aliens instead. So, good fucking job. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Always a, always a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Making the right decision. Dodging a big bullet. Uh, that's pretty... Again, there's not really... Unfortunately for this series, as much as I beloved it... As much as it was beloved by me as a child, there's really not that much... Uh, you know... I mean, there's some interesting things about it, of course, but, you know, kind of pales in comparison to some of the other movies we covered where there's, like, a usually a lot of good storied history about it or anything. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and, of course, Daniel's not here either, so, of course, we miss him. But he normally does a sports rewind. However, this week's In the Real World ties directly into oh, that. sports-related, eh? Exactly. Well, some might say it's not sports-related, but mm. I'll let our viewers and listeners be the judge of that. Police Academy Part 2 released March 29th, 1985, two days later, in Madison Square Garden, Garden, whatever, nice. uh, the very first WrestleMania Ooh. was held. The title match was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, with none other than Jimmy Superfly Snuka taking on Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Ordno, Ordnoff, excuse me, with Bob Orton, the father of, I think he's Randy still the champion right now, I guess. Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. He got his championship know. back, so yeah. I don't, I don't follow it. I'll follow it when it gets close to WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Uh, In New Orleans. Yep, so let's see. It's 85, so yeah. Let's see. Wait a second. They're on WrestleMania 30. Okay, 35. I'm just making sure they're on the right number. They're on 30 right now. 30 is 30. this year's, right? Yeah, yeah, so 30 from... Maybe they weren't consistent. <laughs> maybe they did two in a year or something, maybe. Wow, that is kind of strange that they jump on. What is next year, actually? So it is 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah, you're right. They're right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll do some They're digging. They're wrong. <laughs> They've been wrong all this time. We never did a three? <laughs> what? WrestleMania three. They get all the, old, the people <laughs> oh, that are still alive. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior it. and Hogan. It's like, hey, you signed a contract to do this. We just forgot to we do just, it. We just, you know, it slipped through the cracks and... You got to do it, Hogan. Yeah. And it's reportedly Hogan signed back with Iron WWE. Clad. Or really? I, I heard news, something like that, because TNA is basically about the fold. Is what oh, I've, wow. Again, I don't follow it enough, but this is just stuff I hear. I follow some Facebook pages, like, you know, real wrestling news. I like to hear what's going on uh, with some of the, the last few uh, stars that we like, that I like. And, well, most of us like, you know, the legends, so to speak. WWE source denies report of Hulk, Hulk ah. Hogan rejoining. Because I thought he was, like, the boss over there. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. But then, like, from what I've heard, the chick or the people that own TNA are trying to sell it, but just because. Actually, somebody posted on one of the sites or pages I like on Facebook, posted a picture from their last pay per view. Mm-hmm. It was during the main, like, before the main event with, like, Sting, Jeff Hardy, and whoever the other big guys are. It was like a four way. But they showed a picture, like, the stands were half, like, more than half empty. Like, it was. Uh, I wanted. The only wrestling show I've ever been to was a TNA one at the River Center here in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like you had the floor. Kind of yeah. full, and then the balcony, you know, the first 
five seats rose, you know, spart maybe a fifth of what the the arena could hold was there for that. Right. Granted, I mean, that was just a house show. Yeah. You know, but still, I mean, to me, that seemed like a good turnout. But it seemed like the picture I saw, there was about that same amount of people at a pay-per-view for TNA. So, Hmm. and again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just saying what I see on Facebook. So take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, they're looking to sell TNA, which I guess McMahon should just buy. And then he owned, for the first time ever, he'd have Sting. That's true. uh, Of course, Sting could just quit, of course. But Sting is the only professional... You know, I want to say probably the only one of note never to work. I did read today the headline that said Sting might return for WrestleMania 30, but they said Goldberg not likely. And Goldberg can't wrestle. Sting has never been W. Nope. WF or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wow. Never. Somebody, please. There's anybody out there? Correct me. But as far as I, uh, Daniel could tell me. Yeah, we're not wrestling experts by any means. But uh, they want Sting for WrestleMania. I mean that. Because, I mean, this is the cool thing. Like, I would love to go to WrestleMania 30. I've never been to an event that big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like wrestling. But the thing is, it's WrestleMania 30. So, and, of course, The Undertaker is going to be there. So that would be the main reason I'd want to go. Yeah. Although, I think supposedly he's fighting Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? Which they they shouldn't end the streak. That should be his to keep. Sure. You know, uh, but Lesnar's a beast. <laughs> and, and it's all predetermined, I know. But, I mean, it's I like... Know. Uh, Undertaker's what, like fifty or something? Know. You know, I mean, he honestly probably couldn't stand up to Lesnar. And a, not, not discount the Undertaker; he's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> but uh, you know, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah so again, March 29th, nineteen eighty five, the first WrestleMania. So it's all, it's very odd that we've had because most of our movies tend to be summer or you know the big movies were summer releases that we've done. So it's always like some baseball crap. And all that, uh, which of course you hear a lot if you listen to the podcast. So <laughs> it was good to have some uh, a cool again. Some people might consider it sports, some people might not. But that's a uh, that's a uh, sports rewind slash in the real world for this week. I thought this was a funny one today in history uh, for March 29th, nineteen eighty five. Wayne Gretzky breaks his own NHL season record with with one hundred twenty six assists. Now. This is probably going to be located on a bunch of days after this because yeah. it's its own record. It's its own. So that's just going to keep <laughs> the next day. So it's really broke not his significant. Again. Yeah, broke his record again. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. That's one of those flux records. It's just going to keep happening. Similar, like when they had the Maguire and Sosa hit off. Like, oh, he broke the record next week. Next like, game, yeah, Sosa breaks. It last you know, time. <laughs> the guy catches the ball. Like, oh yeah, it's a million dollar ball. Todd McFarlane buys it for a million bucks. Two weeks later, oh wait, there's another oh, uh, record. Like, uh, doing, sorry, Todd, you should wait till the season's <laughs> over. It's a million bucks for a fucking baseball. Yeah, no kidding. Is it solid gold? Yeah, crusted even with then, diamonds. Even then, yeah, blessed yeah. by the Pope and has a moon rock in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Is that it? Have to be substantial. Communicates with aliens. <laughs> something or other. <laughs> something of note. But uh, of course, we give our scores at the end. Uh, of course, last week I gave uh, last the original Police Academy a seven point five. Definitely. A film worth revisiting. This one, I would give it about a six point five. It's it's worth seeing to be a follow up to the original. Uh, it doesn't compare to the original. I mean, I'm not giving it saying a, about a point difference, but I mean, it's it's a it's a significant drop off in quality. Again, I think one part is because the first police academy is rated R, so it's got that lewd, more adult humor to it. So it it it, it uh, holds up better today. Whereas Police Academy Two, I think I believe it's PG thirteen, so it was a little, uh, you know, I mean, there was no TNA in it like the first one. Not that that makes or break a comedy by any stretch of the imagination, but you know there was more they could do, uh, and that's and as an adult, of course, 
would I rather see an R-rated comedy or a PG comedy? It, de- well, I mean, it, it depends, but I mean, my first instinct is like, I'll see the R-rated comedy because it's going to be more my, you know, adult humor. It's going to have titties. Yeah. There, there's always a good chance for titties, <laughs> especially in comedies. Yeah. Or, in the case of Judge Apatow, crowning, which I never, ever want to see again. Oh, right, right, right. Knocked up. Yeah. Like, that's the first time I've ever... I mim like exactly Seth Rogen's reaction to that film. I did the same thing. I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> I've never seen Crowning before and I saw it and knocked up, so there you I go. don't want to ever see it again. That was just <laughs> weird. Anyway, uh since we're doing two movies this week, I only got one back to the future, but I recently saw the barely testosterone filled escape plan with Stallone hmm. and uh about Schwarzenegger. That? Uh, a better title for this movie would have been Grumpier Old Men Flash with, or Pause with Guns. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not hating on it. It's very enjoyable. Uh, it's not one you need to see at a theater. It's worth seeing. Uh, it's probably about maybe 30 minutes too long for an action movie. It's probably right around the two-hour mark. Uh, it's, well, it's well done. Don't get me wrong. It's got a great cast. Uh, but honestly, Stallone and Schwarzenegger together like in, in a full movie, not like Expendables where they're like, you know, I'm back. Five times he comes in and saves the day, you know, where it's it's tongue in cheek, whereas this one's a little more feasible. Uh, but it's it's definitely worth checking out. It's really good, and they are so good together because they're in the they're in the mm. prison together, working to break out. Right. And Arnold's just Arnold's a badass. Stallone's the badass, you know, but he's a little more of the psychological badass, so to speak. But they get into it a couple of times, of course. So, uh, but without. You, you can you know they're not going to be there. It's, there's not a vil, neither of them are the villain. I mean they work together, uh, of course. But it's uh, wow. And autumn, uh, autumn. That's my wife. <laughs> Arnold has like a goatee, and you know they're all you, you know, He's gray headed. <laughs> I wish I was Mrs. Schwarzenegger. I'd be so rich, <laughs> stinking fucking rich. <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh, it's so funny because uh, the older Arnold gets, he he looks more and more like my dad. Wow, and, and that's not a compliment to Arnold, and it's more of a compliment to my dad, just because <laughs> he's got the same kind of hairline, gray hair. He's got the beard, and he got the small beady eyes that that you know thousand yard stare. Right. Uh, of course, my dad's in nowhere near as shape as Arnold is at right. what, 60, <laughs> 60, whatever he is. I mean, he's old. Uh, but yeah, uh, if it reminded me, okay, it wasn't quite like an eighties action movie, but it was close. Hmm. It didn't have it didn't have as much gratuitous violence as you'd expect from a a Rambo or a you know a Terminator or a Total Recall or a, excuse me a Predator because Total Recall was in the nineties, uh, but it's definitely worth checking out. And I really hope they do even if not a sequel to this, but I really want to see them work more together in the future because it's uh, of course Arnold had Last Stand, which was enjoyable. Uh, Stallone had Bullet in the Head solo film, which I haven't I've yet to see. I've heard, but again I've heard kind of mixed things about them. Uh, but I think they're real. Because they both they both excel at comedy as well as action, and they both have that timing with each other to where it's honestly an escape plan. It's almost more comedic because of their interaction with each other, as opposed because they're in prison. So I mean, the most you have is a, is prison fights every now and then. But it's all like I need to go to the box to find out how to get out of here. And he's like, I help you, you know, and you know they fight and stuff. But it's wow, it's a, it's an enjoyable movie. If you if you're a fan of Stallone or Schwarzenegger, definitely check it out. Do old people get mixed in with the young people in prison? Well, or in this would film, like, there's like all ages. Oh, all so. ages? Okay. I mean, I would, I they mean, don't have their retirement wing or something. I wouldn't think so. I mean, because I, mean, I was about to say, I was, of course, the first prison film that pops to mind is Shawshank, and you got 
That's true. Oh, what's the old dude's name? Oh, so, uh, oh, yeah. The, the old, old Brooks. Oh, Brooks. You know, yeah. and then you got uh, Son of a Bitch. How could you ever forget the character from this movie? Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, 30, late 30s, 40s, and you got an right. elderly guy. Yeah, that's and you got true. Willem, uh, what's it? Uh, not Willem, William but this, uh, Sadler. But this prison seems like such a big deal. Oh, yeah. it's And there's actually a, uh, there's a kind of a, not a, uh, not a twist, but there's a cool plot device that comes into play about Midway. As he's, because uh, in a nutshell, he's Stallone, like, and they, of course it's an action where they have to give him a backstory why he does it, but like he breaks out of prison, you know, he breaks out of prisons. So, like, it's like the whole time people are like, why do you spend your life breaking out of prisons? Don't you want to do something? He's like, my wife was killed by a guy that got out of prison. So I want to make sure nobody <laughs> ever gets out again. That's ridiculous. But again, yeah. that's the, that's the Stallone Arnold so, fact. Uh, go in prison. Yeah. And of course it starts them breaking break out. out, you know, but then of course there's these new Supermax prison, like, uh, Not run computers. by, run, <laughs> it actually, that's the twist. He's in a Mac. Oh. <laughs> He's in Steve Jobs' personal Macintosh. Hi, prison. <laughs> hey, Welcome. Uh, it's Siri. How the hell I get out of here? I can't answer that. Come on, it's me. Ask again tomorrow. Oh, someone set me up. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Can you rephrase the question? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But it's I cool. I ain't smart. And I'm I ain't think- smart, Mick. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're not. Have <laughs> you seen the preview for his new movie coming out with De Niro? Oh, Grudge funny. Match? Yes, I did. That looks amazing. <laughs> that's going to be... That's going to be awesome. Rocky versus Raging Bull. Pretty much. Uh, what was his name? And Oh, I can see the De Niro's name in Raging Bull. Anyway. Uh, something with an R? No. Oh, shit. I can't remember. I'll load it up here in a second. As soon as clicking happens. Till then, listen to uh. the Predator. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not holding anything. You can't attack me. Now, Arnold's remaking a bunch of movies from his past. Do you think he'll make another Predator movie? I wish. You wish you would? <laughs> like, I mean, it'd be, it'd be perfect it to... It would Jake LaMotta. Yeah, I know it's... Well, I, didn't, I said R, but I'm, I'd recognize it if I saw it. At least, letters at least I can say that and hopefully believe me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, up until Indiana Jones and the, you know, the one we don't talk about, uh, to me, the track record of these 80s icons, Bruce Willis, Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger, going back to their franchises that made them famous and revisiting them, for lack of a better word, has been incredibly successful. Right. I love the last two diehards. Uh, the last Rambo was amazing. The last Rocky was great. You know, I thought it was going to be stupid as hell. Do you was, think kids are watching these, or do you think it's all older audience? I would, I would, I really hope that kids watch it and then like go back and like I gotta see, check you know, it out. Yeah, because they tune in eighties revisited and yeah, and like oh wow, <laughs> these guys are like wizards. <laughs> they just magically know. I don't know whatever. what other movies do they have, but uh, yeah, I mean, it make perfect sense because you know in the predator hierarchy, you know, it's about honor and you know very samurai ish in a way to where like you know there's this. There's this hunter on Earth that cannot be killed. Right. The Predators come looking for Arnold. There, bam. Uh, John McTiernan, you directed the first one. There's your plot. Arnold, there. you know, call me. <laughs> well, I'll give you this. Work one. out the details. Just make it. Just make it. <laughs> you. Know, but that that of all his movies that he's done, of course he did Terminator Three, and then he was digitally in Salvation, which was awesome. That was they. You know, A lot of critics on that one. I gotta say. Oh yeah. I mean. I, I enjoyed Salvation. It made sense, though, why he was had to be in that. Exactly. It wasn't just because he was a face. It was because he's the which, model. Which is the biggest fear for any, you know, okay, 
if Skynet is this computer <laughs> that can enslave humanity and nearly make us extinct, mm-hmm. why is his T-800 model able to beat the T-1000, the <laughs> T-whatever it was in 3, the Terminatrix, uh, in the Terminator Universal Studios ride, the T-1 million he beats? Because everyone knows the first iPhone is the best iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> Show me an older piece of technology that's better than a modern piece. The first iPod was better than any other iPod. No. Yeah, that 6-gig iPod, or uh, <laughs> 256-megabyte iPod, <laughs> still better than, than my 5S. That's right. <laughs> or 5, excuse me. I'm not bragging. I don't have a 5S. I'm not rich. Yeah. If that old iPod came to the future, it could beat. Your iPod or the, vice versa. That's the perfect analogy. I'm like, no, it cannot no, it happen <laughs> yet. Twice. Yet. Twice. Got lucky. You know, and it's just, I, I understand. There's no you know, luck when it comes to technology, though. Yeah. You know, it just so happens that the old iPods could do something that these cannot. Yeah. You know that you know the, the, it was you could, too good. You could hack a space shuttle with this one, or you know, oh, yeah. you know, something like that. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. So. But that's why I like Salvation because I think they knew that. Like, okay, you can't keep having Arnold as in the you know he's he is essential to the franchise, but his role is done. Right. So, oh, you're in the future, and they're manufacturing T800s, and they all look like Arnold. They've established that. There you go. Always well, rumored for another one. <laughs> now, is it meant to be? Because I remember, like, because they haven't had anything about another Salvation. You know, because there was going to be a, a prequel trilogy. Oh, it's announced even. Oh, the le- see the legend of, and triplets too. You know, I mean. Oh, right. He's got triplets, some good stuff yeah. going. Expendables 3, of course, there should triplets. be another one. Isn't it supposed to be like Eddie Murphy? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Still on. Which, that's great. You know, although I'd rather see Kindergarten Cop 2. Or like, you know, even go go up a bit and like make it, you know, College Cop or something to where it's even more awkward and so it's not the same movie, so to speak. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Twins new- is an 80s movie, so that needs to be covered. I've seen it recently because it was on TV, but... Adding Eddie Murphy to that doesn't make a oh, lot come of on. sense. I can't imitate Eddie Murphy. It just sounded like somebody who wasn't Eddie Murphy. I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, all the science, you know, I guess. Whatever. Right. <laughs> now, The Legend of Conan, extremely excited for because I've always wanted that to be. That's another one. You have Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer. Make it a trilogy. Yeah. You just just finished because it ends with like, that is another story when he's king. Mm-hmm. So, because there was a big rumor before the disaster piece of the one with uh, Jason Momoa, the recent one, the proposed reboot, which was terrible. Didn't uh, see it. Don't. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. I even thought about watching it again just to see, and then I'm like, wait, no, no, just no. <laughs> it's it's bad. It is on Netflix. That's right. But um, the big rumor for a while was when they when they were talking about making a new Conan before that became this bad one. Uh, was that Arnold was going to be in it as a bit role, as the king, but passing it on, like, the, the title on to his son. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was going to be Triple H. That was the rumor, to be his son. <laughs> Which, yeah. Triple H has the look. Yeah, the look Well, he shaved his head now, but, you no know, he, he could... Pa- I, I can believe that Triple H is the spawn of Arnold Schwartz, you know, of Conan. I mean, Thor wore a wig, so, I mean, it's pretty easy to do now. Yeah. As long as they don't get Hemsworth for it. If they if they go they that probably route, would. <laughs> hey Chris, we need you to be Thor again. No problem. Uh, that's all I do. I'm <laughs> Thor. Although I can't wait for the next one, which comes out this Friday, by the way. Yep. Check it out. Seek the previews on Thursday. <laughs> but let's be honest, I go see Thor for Loki. Oh yeah, definitely. Love Tom Hiddleston. He's great. If you like Tom Hiddleston, check out uh, Midnight in Paris. I know it's mm. an Owen Wilson movie, but it's really good. So Woody uh, Allen. 
I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, anyway. Potential there. <laughs> uh, so let's see what police academy discussion could bring up. Yeah, I mean, it leads to great things. There you go. Uh, but, of course, next week we'll be doing Police Academy 3 and 4 with Daniel back in the seat. We'll get his thoughts on 1 and 2. But in the meantime, send us an email, 80srevisited at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter, at AwesomePods. Don't forget, if, you're, if you want to check out any of the movies we've mentioned on any of our old episodes or this one, go to awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link, purchase to your heart's content. In fact, you might even want to do separate purchases. Just mm-hmm. saying. Just saying. It might help out, us out a little bit. We might get a little something special for the studio <laughs> for our viewers at home or maybe some wardrobe changes, some costumes for whatever we're talking about. I'm just saying that. <laughs> uh, you never know if people, everybody went to amazon.com or uh, awesomepods.com and then bought their stuff off Amazon. It makes a difference. Yeah, we appreciate it. And we definitely appreciate it, as Jesse said. But also, you might be like, Awesome Podcast Network. I mean, there has to be more. Well, there is. There's many more, such as Geekly Dose. Uh, which handles everything geek with Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Ocentelli. There's also Duo Attack, starring Jesse Sidgley, our own Jesse Sidgley, and Justin Owens, and sometimes myself. Uh, there's also the Jesse Sidgley podcast, which if you don't know us, you can get to know some of us a little better, some people in our circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned before, they, there's a somebody, somebody famous said, the best conversation you'll ever have is with a stranger. I think some of the best conversations you'll ever hear are from a stranger, too. So yeah. check it out if that's something you're interested in. And also, why don't you know this? The greatest way to pass the time when you're driving to and from a podcast studio or work uh, – what is it, 15, 16 questions, 18 questions? 24 questions. <laughs> I, I was getting there. <laughs> a couple um, more. In fact, the, I don't know if it was the very last one, but it was the one with the flags. Mm-hmm. I got like six out of 24. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bad. They, they it was like It was like some musical stuff with it, too. And the, yeah. The, uh, it was like a pian- it was piano month. So, oh, I, oh no, that, I think that first section was the ones I got like most. I think I got like the first two of the other ones. So not like six, but I mean, I would have failed if it would have been a test. I would have failed that one. Right. Put it to you that way. <laughs> not my best performance. Yeah. Uh, and there's also uh, Tim Bridgewater of Geekly Dose fame also does a Legend of Korra podcast called Republic City Report. So if you like, if you're a fan of that show, check it out. He he's very consistent with those. I think it's a weekly TV show. I want to say, and yeah, he pops them out right as the show comes out. So a lot of good fan discussion there. If you're into that, uh, which I am not, but I hear it's good. Yeah. If I had extra time and I could actually finish watching Breaking Bad, I might look into it. But I've <laughs> been on season four, episode two for like a month. So, but I have good excuses. Anyway, we will we be got back. got more on the way, too. Oh, re- oh with one the, the spinoff? Um, Geekly Dose is having trouble oh, connecting. You, oh, you mean the podcast? I'm sorry. Podcast. Oh, we're talking yeah. Breaking Bad still. Got oh, excited. no, no, no. <laughs> but yes, those are more coming. But no, with podcasts, we got another one coming from Stephen Nocentelli's getting something together. Oh, really? A tease. Yeah. Mm. But until he's up there in Nintendo land where oh, know, yeah. he's in Seattle. Didn't he get it? Wasn't he applying for a Nintendo? Or, or no, he works at Microsoft now, doesn't he? Or something yeah, or other? Yeah, he works at one of those now. After. An inside man. Yeah. But hmm. he's doing a, uh, it's currently called Nintendos. <laughs> it's a spinoff <laughs> like it. of Geekly Dose, uh, but except all about Nintendo. So Nintendos with no Centelli. Mm, interesting. I will be tuning into that as soon as it comes up. But again, check our Facebook and Twitter pages for any and all new episodes on the Awesome Podcast Network. And until next week, I remain Trey Harris. I remain Jesse Sedley. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Cowabunga! And as Daniel would say, Oscooch. In some form or fashion.
show and more on facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on twitter at awesome pods 